If employees can't perform to their full potential, how can we expect the organizations to? You know, the number one asset organizations rely on to thrive in today's ultra-competitive marketplace is their employees. And with employee burnout rising sharply, the ability to meet business results is severely under threat. You know, poor management of stress can manifest itself at the individual level in many ways with low energy, poor judgment, and the silent killer at any organization – apathy our team is here to support you with our resilience workshop in this workshop participants will learn how to identify what makes a person resilient and how that impacts performance the different types of stress stress symptoms and coping strategies new tactics to help them grow and recover from stress how to identify your current mindset about stress and ways to align your response to stress to your purpose and values Becoming more resilient doesn't happen overnight, but we can give people the skills, the knowledge, and the plan for working towards resilience. To book your class now, email us at jeff at jeffhancher.com and put Resilience Workshop in the subject line. This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Size nuggets in another episode today with Hanch's how to's, and with me is the how to guru himself, Jeff Hancher. What's going on, Jeff? It's not, hey, the guru, you know, the I'll, <laughs> I'll take the title. I love the how to's. Uh, we we drop these about once a month, and I like the bite sized nuggets. So, bite size, it's always good to get a how to's episode in, they're pretty organic. Yeah, uh, for those of you that are new to the show, we take the how to's, these are. These are things that I've observed over the last several weeks, uh, whether that be coaching sessions, mm-hmm. training sessions, mm-hmm. webinars, you name it. I just try to find some highlights in my notes of things that I think the listener uh, can benefit from because oh, yeah. these are real life things. They're happening now. Yeah. They're current. They're in the moment. Yep. And I like them. What's like new with it. you, Lim? You know, I am glad that it is finally cold outside. That's Ooh. what's on my mind. Ooh. Yes. I'm glad that I am no longer sweating at nighttime in the fall, you know? Yeah, see, I'm the guy that it's like, I love the fall, Mm -hmm. but I'm beginning to not like it because I know what's coming after it. Correct. So I don't like what's after it so much that I can't even enjoy a pumpkin spice latte. Ooh, man, that's real. Because I know what's up. That's real, yeah. You know, we we are here in uh, the Pittsburgh area, and for those of you that don't know anything about winters in Pittsburgh, you go outside sometimes, and, and I don't know about you, Lim, but I get angry. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I get mad. Instantly upset. I'm, <laughs> it happens I'm to me so as soon as cold. I wake up sometimes. Yeah. You can just tell, like, yeah. I don't want to get out of this bed. Yeah. You but, know? you know, it's all about perspective and gratitude because things can always be worse, right? Yeah, they they could always be worse. So, so you know. we'll, we'll have to brew up some pumpkin spice lattes and, uh-huh. That's and it. make the best of it, right? <laughs> With a dash of Splenda. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, hey, I was looking at the notes, and you've got two very, very interesting nuggets today. You know, some yeah. might call them popcorn chicken, but nuggets. You got some good nuggets today. Let's go into them. Let's do this. So one that came up recently that uh, I think everybody can identify with is dealing with a defensive person. 
Lem, have you ever in your in your leadership tenure had to deal with somebody that was defensive? I have had to deal with the defensive person. I have also been the defensive person. Yeah. So <laughs> now we're getting real. Now we're getting real. And I have as well. I've not only had to deal with them, but I've also been that person mm-hmm. also. And every leader has dealt with this defensive person. And there's a host of different kind of defensiveness. There's the person that's defensive for defensive sake. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the peak performer that's defensive because they hate being wrong. Yeah. But most people find themselves reacting defensively from time to time. We all do it. Some folks, though, take this uh, to another level. It becomes an art form. Yeah. They want to be good at being defensive. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. We have, as leaders, we have to know the difference between the two, and we have to re- react appropriately. The person that's taking defensiveness to an art form needs to be dealt with a lot differently than the person that's getting this one-off uh, agitation of defensiveness. Yeah. And so there's multiple variables there, but I want to give some nuggets around this dynamic that I think will help get a leader on the path to neutralizing this defensiveness. Nice. Recently, I was working with a leader who presented this very dynamic to me. And what they had was one of their peak performing employees happened to be their most defensive employee as well. The leader told me that the employee was right so often that when they were wrong, they just could not take it. <laughs> and I'll tell you, this is not an abnormal thing for a peak performer. Mm-hmm. Now, the utopia, the one percenter, the unicorn in the woods, if you will, is the peak performer that's also bringing all the personality. They're bringing all of the you know, the acumen and, and everything. But there there is going to be a trend with peak performing peak performers becoming defensive. Yeah. Because they don't like being wrong. They pride themselves, quite frankly, on being right a lot. And every situation, it's going to be different. But I want to give some general advice when dealing with a defensive person. The first thing that you have to do as a leader is that you have to realize that most likely their defensiveness has nothing to do with you as the leader. That is a great point. Now, be self-aware. Maybe it does. But more times than not, defensiveness, it has nothing to do with you. Same goes for insecurity, all these other things. So here's some, here's some things to think about. One, no, it's not about you. Two, refrain from acting defensively yourself. This, is, this can be a pitfall for a lot of leaders. They, they feel the defensiveness. They start giving it back. What we then have is a jousting match. And at the end of the day, when we go that way as a leader, nobody wins. Mm. The, the typical response is to become defensive yourself. This only makes conflict resolution a bigger challenge. Yeah. Which at the end of the day, as a leader, it's not about being right or wrong. It's about diffusing the situation. Mm-hmm. When you start feeling your blood pressure rise, that's a good time to take a deep breath recognize your buttons just got pushed and it's time to get composure. See it for what it is. Don't become defensive. Yeah. The third thing is shift your focus to the other person. When we start feeling that blood pressure rise, we we are focusing on who? Us. Mm-hmm. We're focusing on how we feel. Yeah. Uh, we, we're focusing on feeling attacked or or being wrong or whatever it might be. When this happens... As a leader, shift your focus away from how you're feeling and start asking yourself the question, why are they feeling this way? You have to look at this person with empathy and realize this likely resulted from some pent-up emotion 
from other areas, maybe in work, maybe mm. in their life, what they're bringing from home. Who knows what has caused them to react this way? The, a great way to go about it is empathetic leadership. Decide at that moment to be very curious about what is going on inside of them that has resulted in this overreaction. What is it? What was the trigger? What is causing this? We don't know what's going on in somebody's mind, especially if it's somebody that normally doesn't act this way, that normally is somebody that is composed, mm. and you're getting this kind of behavior. You got to shift your focus to them. What's causing this behavior? Getting defensive back isn't going to help. Go down the road of empathy and be very curious. Curiosity drives questions, yeah. which is the last point. Ask questions until you understand the other person. Right. Asking questions is the safest way to go and defuse a, a defensive situation. Why that is, is because asking questions, it's not a directive. When you ask a question, you're not giving a directive. It's mm -hmm. a question. Questions also aren't opinionated. True. Statements can be opinionated. Very true. When you start giving directives and your opinions, even if you're right to a defensive person, it only escalates the conflict. Yeah. When you ask questions, what it tells the other person is you're trying to gain an understanding. Mm -hmm. Asking the right questions, too, can bring self-awareness to the other person to realize, I have, over, I have just overreacted. Use questions like, tell me more about your feelings, mm -hmm. or help me understand why, what, what got you to this place, what, uh, what's upsetting you. Yeah. Doing this kind of thing can begin to dilute a defensive reaction by other people. And at the end of the day, as leaders, we need to always keep the mission in mind. We need to stay focused on what is right rather than who is right. I totally agree. I totally agree. Man, it's, uh, that's some good perspective. That's some very good perspective because... It can go very bad very quick, especially once defensiveness is the initial reaction. Because, hey, what if the person getting defensive makes us defensive? Now we just got a battle of people coming at each other defensively, and nobody's going nobody's gonna to win in that situation. No question so, about it. Yeah. I would also say, you know, if you're a leader, and this seems to be the common thread— mm -hmm. You know, you're getting a bunch of employees, a consistent cadence of people that are being defensive with mm -hmm. you. It's probably you. Probably. Um, yeah. You're creating an environment, um, yeah. and it most likely it's not what you're saying. It's your delivery. Right. It's how you're saying it. You're the leader that likes to be right. Mm -hmm. You're the leader that likes to prove other people wrong. Right. And you can be right a lot, but you're going to push somebody to their boiling point. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so if you're getting this cadence a lot of defensiveness— you might want to look in the mirror and have some self-awareness. Man, straight up, that's some good perspective. Like it. What's number two? Number two, flexibility is king. Nice. Flexibility. A word on flexibility. You, you've probably heard uh, some of these statements. Maybe you're saying them in your mind. Hey, just give me some time to get used to the idea. Uh, I'll warm up to this in a month or so. I just don't like the new system. Hey, what's wrong with the old way? Maybe you've heard these statements. Maybe you've said these statements in your mind. Maybe you've caught yourself saying this even as a leader. If so, and you've said these kind of things, even if you're not saying them out loud, you may want to start adjusting your way of thinking. I was working with a client recently who was trying to catch up to a, a new strategy in the marketplace that gave one of their competitors an advantage. 
And this required tremendous change and a whole lot of resilience on their part. And as the weeks turned into months, I noticed that their flexibility was being compromised. You know, they started well. They agreed with the mission. They agreed with the strategy that I put out on the table. They implemented well. But when things got tough, their flexibility started becoming very compromised. And this is when I needed to remind them that this required change was the answer to their own competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. How, so, so how long do you have to work through your resistance? Well, I mean, that's going to vary. But the reality is, is that you don't get to decide as a leader. Neither does your boss or your organization. The limits are set by the marketplace and your customers. That's what answers the question, how long do you have to work through your resistance? That, that curve is going to bend and shape and be different based off of market conditions and by customer demands, as well as competitive pressure. Your willingness to adapt quickly becomes a competitive advantage, both internally and externally. So this is the why behind flexibility. And, and look, we often look externally, right? Like, how are we going to get more market share? How are we going to beat the competition? What's our competitive advantage? What's our uniqueness? We understand we have to be flexible to that. But I'm here to tell you on the Champion Forum podcast, your willingness to adapt quickly is also an internal competitive advantage. People are watching how you're going to react to change. They're also watching, in a best case scenario, how you're going to foster change, how you're going to innovate change. So how resilient and optimistic are you when change is needed or, or when your own boss makes a strategy change or rolls out a new initiative? Folks, this is your time to shine. Look around. Look, look around your organization. Look around your marketplace. There are competitors as well as other people in your organization that are thriving on change. They are thriving on change. They're thriving in disruption. They are embracing what's going on around them. If they have adjusted and you haven't, here's my question to you. Who's at risk? Yeah. Who's vulnerable? Embrace change and become flexible or you will ultimately be exposed as rigid and your leadership brand will diminish. Instead, create a leadership reputation on how quickly you adapt. Don't be that person. And I know I, I, I know who they are. You're going into the meeting internally. You're about to launch a change. And you, you, can already, you already know who's going to resist. <laughs> you already know who's sitting at the table that's going to give you 100 reasons why it's not yep. going to work. Yep. You should go into that meeting expecting change to happen, mm. being excited about the change. Whether you like the rollout strategy, the implementation plan, or the strategy in and of itself— you should always be excited about change. Why we're not is change is work. And uh, man, you, it could go wrong and all of these other things. We should be excited about change. And as leaders especially, we see change as an opportunity. Yeah. Because nobody likes change. Change is uncomfortable. So if I can thrive through it, guess what? Yeah. My leadership brand gets exposed as just that. This is the guy we need. This is the girl yep. we need on the plan. They deserve more. They've earned the right to more. We need them in on the strategy versus, hey, whatever you do, don't bring so-and-so into the meeting. They're going to hate everything that we say. And that is not going to be favorable for you, both internally or externally, when you're trying to get a competitive advantage. I totally, change is good. It is good. It's uncomfortable, but it's good. And it shows that there's growth, that there's, you know, even in the natural order of things, we go through it as 
adults. We go through it as humans. You see animals go through change. Things change for the better. No question. So about being it. afraid of it, it doesn't make sense. It's let's go through that. Sometimes awkward, maybe sometimes uncomfortable. Yes. You know, season, but we know that it's for the best. Lem, I had. It wasn't even two weeks ago. I had I had a conversation with somebody about you know some services that they needed from our team. Mm-hmm. I am not even kidding you. I wish I was. <laughs> this guy said, "Fax me." Whoa! I'm like, I don't even know How? where I would find yeah. a fax machine. What do you mean? And in my mind, <laughs> I'm thinking. Well, I just got off of an hour call with this guy, and he was telling me about how broken his systems are and how right. back in the day he they were thriving, and now they're not. Yeah. And I'm trying to, like, probe and discover, like, what could it be? This guy seems very logical. Yeah. I identified the problem when he asked me to fax over a oh, proposal. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I can't even imagine what your office space yeah. looks like. Man. You know, you probably got wooden paneling up on the wall. <laughs> like, what the heck is going on, <laughs> Number man? Number two pencils like, <laughs> with the wall sharpener. <laughs> you got to be ready to change, and yeah. you got to see change as wow. opportunity. Absolutely. Well, man, good stuff. That's a wrap, y'all. That's a wrap for this episode of Hanch's How-Tos. You know, we gave some good feedback on one, dealing with defensive people, and two, how to use flexibility to your advantage. We appreciate you guys joining us, and we know that as you put these things into place, you are going to continue to dominate in your sphere without a doubt. So if you have any questions or a topic you'd like us to address on the show, make sure you email us at jeff at jeffhancher.com. And Jeff, you got anything you want to leave the people with? I'll leave them with this. This is maybe the most important announcement that we've given in this episode. Here's what I want you all to know. You got to know this if you know nothing else. You all have been set up to be a champion in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win. 